Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back for a brand new season, full of promise, untarnished by reality and disappointment, for this, our pre-season prediction preview special. We have a terrific new theme from our in-house band, The Symmetry. Thanks so much to the boys for that. Hope you like it as much as I do. And we have half a dozen panellists on the line, all keen to wrestle the prediction trophy out of Scott Sumner's hands. Plus, we have special pre-recorded contributions to come from Grumpy Riversider, Alex, the social media influencer. Plus, we also have an exclusive chat with, hmm, it says here, Tony Mowbray. So, let's waste no more time, just like Lewis Travis, let's press on. The New York Rovers would like to welcome you to the BRFCS.com podcast, covering the 2019-2020 Blackburn Rovers Championship campaign, hosted by Ian Herbert and joined by some very special guests. Don't forget to check out the forum here at brfcs.com to continue the discussion. But if your chance came, would you take it? Where on earth do I begin? Okay, the pod lines up tonight in a revolutionary 2-2-2 formation, and our first guest is the defending prediction champion. It's the editor of 4,000 Holes and friend of the pod, Scott Sumner. Thanks for joining us again, Scott. What was the highlight of your summer? Hi Ian, thanks for having me back. Uh, I think the highlight of the summer's got to be all the sport we've been spoilt with. Uh, cycling, golf, cricket, tennis, and the absolute highlight was that night of the tennis, when the tennis and the and the cricket combined and we were all flicking channels. Super Great Sunday. memories. Yeah, it certainly was, yeah. it certainly was. I think the cricket was absolutely extraordinary, I must admit. It caught my attention more so than the, than the tennis. Excellent, lovely to have you back, thanks for joining us. Next up is a man whose fame means that he only needs one name, and that name is Cammy. Cammy, welcome back, it's been a while. What was your summer highlight? Yeah, it was definitely the, the cricket. Um, I've dreamed all my life about seeing us win the Cricket World Cup. Um, so that was a highlight. Plenty of tears in that final roller coaster. Um, and now looking forward to the Ashes. Uh, yeah, today was an interesting day, I have to say. But anyhow, we'll press on. Next up, we loaned her out to Radio Lancashire, but clearly her heart remains with the podcast that nurtured her talent. Jen Bellamy, welcome back. Your summer highlight, please. I'm not right sure I've got one yet. Maybe fitting in the size 13 boys rubber shirt so I'm once a free could be one. Or people losing the whatnots about the away shirt design. That was fun too. Even Mr. Taylor. That can definitely come up in any other business later on. Excellent. Well, welcome back. It's good. It's nice to know that you'll still deign to join us on this little old podcast. Um, we look forward to hearing your uh, your predictions later. Um, making a second appearance now, following a very impressive debut on the International Women's Day pod, it's the return of Millie Costley. Millie, lovely to have you back. Uh, summer highlight, if you please. Yeah, hi, thanks for having me back. Um, So in keeping with the International Women's Podcast, uh, personally the highlight for me this summer was the Women's World Cup. I thought it was phenomenal how much attraction to the women's game it brought and the quality was worthy of it. It was a pleasure to watch 90 minutes or possibly more like 100 given the VAR farcical, but we don't have enough time for that. (laughs) Um, Of people playing football with significantly less theatrics and rolling around on the floor. 
Plus, what's a summer without an international semis heartbreak, right? <laughs> naturally, naturally enough. And I think it was, it was really nice to see such uh, tremendously healthy viewing figures. And I think it's, it's salutary to people who lead sport about chasing the money with Sky. But when you put events on terrestrial TV, funnily enough, you get the viewing figures. <laughs> now, next up, he's got a weekly column. He writes previews for 442. He recommends websites and podcasts uh, other than this one. Yeah, that's right. It's the inimitable Mike Dillap. Mike, which other Rovers websites would you particularly like to recommend to our listeners on this episode? Oh yeah, and your summer highlight as well while you're at it. <laughs> Obviously I'm aware of the branding and the advertising laws nowadays. I can't specifically recommend anything on tonight's uh, podcast, but uh, my uh, my summer highlight, and you'll all hate me for this, I'm a much more of a tennis man than I am a cricket man, as much as I did enjoy England winning something. My tennis highlight... Uh, and summer highlight was Novak Djokovic versus Roger Federer in the final of Wimbledon. It was like a religious experience for those of us who have uh, followed tennis for many years like myself. That doesn't surprise me, that answer, it has to be said. That, that's really good. And finally, the first name on the team sheet, never short of an opinion, Blogger Supreme. This man is not afraid to endorse this podcast. It's the Marple Leaf. Michael Taylor, welcome back. Your summer highlight, if you'd be so kind. Well, like Jen, I haven't had it yet. We go on holiday on Saturday evening and uh, after the Rovers match. But my highlight is I've done, I set myself a challenge to do a blog every day through the month of July. And I've just been going through the statistics. And the one that I did about the Rovers Awake, it was the third most viewed one in the month. I'm surprised it was as low as that. Because <laughs> I, think, I think we all probably clicked on it several times. It was it was a rant to end all rants, I have to say. I tip my hat in your general direction. Thank you. We'll just take a little break now, and then we'll come back with discussing which first championship club is going to change their manager. Yo, what's going on? It's your boy Prez from Queens, New York, and you're listening to the BRFCS podcast, the only podcast co-signed by the New York Rovers. Shout out to my guy Charlie Mulgrew, a.k.a. Chucky Free Kicks, a.k.a. the handsome David Beckham. So the first of our predictions, and we're going to give the defending champion a chance to open up. Um, first championship club to change manager, and I emphasize change manager, so not necessarily be sacked. But which club will change? Scott, you're the defending prediction champion. Away you go. I think there's always a bit of fear of the Premier League teams getting relegated, that they've got all this parachute payments and they're going to be up the top of the league. But often one of them at least has a real slump down into the bottom half. And I think Huddersfield might well continue their momentum, which has been pretty appalling um, since the start of the start of the year and they've got a 36 year old manager Jan Seward who if he don't get off to a good start and I predict they might get about four points from the first six games and I think he'll be the first to go for sure. Mm, interesting call that one uh, I think you're right about Huddersfield I must admit I think they're, they're one of the ones that might might struggle to bounce back. Millie first championship club to change managers. So I have been thinking about this and I'm going to go with Boyer at Charlton I wondered which boy you were picking there for a second. (laughs) (laughs) No, because I think probably not in keeping... I don't think they're going to do that well in the Championship, even though they've come up. I think it was a struggle for them anyway. And losing Boa at the back will be a blow to them. And I believe he's already... um, Boy has already turned down one contract before negotiating and then going ahead and agreeing a contract. So something's clearly bubbling behind the scenes. So I think a couple of 
bad results from the off and I'll lay my bets with him. Bonkers owners as well, of course, doesn't help in that particular circumstances. Mike, Mike D, that is. Who's going to change their manager first in the championship? I already know the answer, guys. It's uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, they'll somehow lose Steve Bruce to Newcastle. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it'll all, it'll all kick off from there. Oh, I think uh, he'll I mean, stay. I think Bruce will stay at Sheffield. I think he's wedded to them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you've got you normally pay good money for this level of crystal ball telling. But um, I'm going to... Quite a tough one. Last year, I kind of went with Bielsa because I thought it was either going to be a middle, no middle ground job. It was either going to implode or do really well. But I, I almost want to say it might possibly be Scott Parker at Fulham. I know people have got them pegged as doing quite well and bouncing straight back, but I think that expectation doesn't fall in line with maybe where they are at the moment. And if they're not quite hitting that heights, they might be tempted to pull yeah. the trigger and go with something a bit more established. Yeah, I think similar theme to what Scott said, there's usually one side that struggles at least, and uh, the pressure's always on, of course, on the relegated side. Thanks for that. Jen, first championship club to change? Warburton at QPR, because mm. they deserve it for the way they announced it. Tell us more. Oh, it was the Warburton truck pulling outside the ground. It, oh, right. Um, I don't have any valid proper reasons because it's me. Carry on. <laughs> Cammy, first championship club to change managers. A bit like Scott, but I'm going for Fulham. If they get off to a bad start to the season, uh, I can see them parting company with Scott Parker. And last but by no means least, Michael? Yeah, I think Sheffield Wednesday will probably end up changing their manager, whoever it is. There's such a volatility around the club at the moment. I think they'll make a hasty appointment. I understand Chris Hewton's already turned them down. There's other people in the frame, like Pulis, for instance. And I think someone will go there and not last very long. Hmm, interesting one, interesting one. Uh, if I was pressed, I must admit Jan Seawert at Huddersfield would be would be the one that uh, that I would pick. But that name's already been mentioned. I think any of those teams coming up that struggle to get off to a good start would also be under pressure. Here's Louis with his prediction. I think the first manager to get sacked this year is going to be our old friend Paul Cook at Wigan. I don't think Wigan have really made the necessary signings that you know to keep them keep them going up. I think they're destined to go down, and even though they drew with with them lot from down the road the other day i i, I don't think they i don't think they'll stay up and i think cook's going to be the first manager to go hi i'm um tom scorford and you might have heard me on the 1875 podcast my first prediction um which is the um which manager will be sacked first i'm going to probably surprise a few of you and go with bielsa at leeds now i know obviously they did brilliant last season and and even though they did fall, fall short but i just feel that this season, I think they're going to struggle a little bit. Not necessarily down the wrong end of the table, but just failed to hit the heights previously. I, of course, could be well off here. But yeah, that's that's what I'm going to go with. I think that they might just be a bit too far off the playoffs and maybe they'll make a knee-jerk decision. Hi, everyone. Lynn's here. Despite saying I was retiring after the International Women's Day podcast, I'm back for another season of Pod Fun and Frivolity. So question one, which championship club will change their manager first this season? I mean, to be honest, I've got no idea. And as long as it's not us, I'm quite happy. But I am going to take a punt on Charlton because of all the craziness that surrounded Boya and his contract towards the end of last season and into pre-season. Um, they've lost some of their better players. And I'm going to say that Boya won't survive the first six games of the season. Hello, this is Josh Boswell. 
The first manager to leave this season will be Lee Bowyer, who will walk out on Charlton as he realises they're more and more of a basket case. Hi, this is Holly. You may remember me from last year's International Women's Day pod. I'm currently on my holiday in Orlando, Florida. I'm having a brilliant time. Um, I've still got over a week left, which I'm really happy about. Uh, but I also did the very British thing yesterday and got burnt at a water park. So that serves me right, really, for rubbing it in. So question number one, which championship club will change their manager first this season? Um, I'm going to have to say Millwall, I think. So Neil Harris has had over four years as manager there. Um, he had a good season a couple of seasons ago, but last season I think they only came 21st. Um, so I really can't see them giving him too much more time. Hi, this is Bill Arthur coming to you from my home in Coburg, Canada, on the shores of Lake Ontario. I think it'll be Nottingham Forest. Having worked their way through eight managers in the last four years, they've got a great track record of sackings. And with the new manager, Lamucci, they have a manager without experience in England and a win percentage of only 38 in his last job in France. It could turn out to be a masterstroke, but I don't really think so. What do we think about Mowbray then? He's uh, he's he's not on anybody's list, thankfully. Safe houses. Def- yeah, definitely not on mine. Yeah, good stuff. Excellent to hear. I mean, no guarantees he's going to last the season at all, but I don't think he's un- under any immediate threat, even if we get off to a bad start. Hello, I am George, or you can call me the Rivisader. I am new to the BRFCS podcast, and I'll, I would usually say thank you to my to my hosts, but I feel like I should have been on it years ago. If the podcast doesn't know how to get on good guests and regulars, then how can the team, because Mowbray's not taking this team bloody anywhere. When Ian asked me who would be the first manager to get the sack, I instantly thought of Mr Mowbray. He's not recruited well in this summer. And frankly, he's a dinosaur in this team. Nowhere near as good as managers have passed. And I think that we'll be re- not only will we be relegated, Mr. Mowbray will be the first to go. And I would welcome that decision for one. I am bloody sick to the back teeth of him. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Alex and I'm an uh, alcoholic. <laughs> I'm uh, only joking. I was told to always start with the always start with the gentleman introduce himself. <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm Alex from uh, Sandhurst. I've been invited to be on the BRFCS podcast this year. Uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. I really think I can give like a, you know, like a really youthful vibe to it. You know, uh, sort of, I think I've been invited on because I can like sort of boost ratings and the socials and stuff. But, you know, I'm just looking forward to vibing with all the other, uh, you know, the, the B-Burn influencers, you know. You know, uh, up those white and blues. Come on, the boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I'm i not sure who the first manager to be, uh, you know, to be set will be. But, you know, it's just, uh, I think it will be, Relegated teams, Fulham. Fulham. Uh, it's the. I think it'll be the guy from Fulham. Uh, the. Oh my God! How do you pronounce his name? Uh. Uh. Oh no! I need a more English speaking one. Oh. Uh. Paul Cuck. Paul Cuck at Wigan. Wigan. I think it'll be him. The first person to be sacked. Right, we'll move on to the second question now, which is, are, is the Rovers squad stronger or weaker than at the end of last season? And why are you making the assertion that you're making? And I'm going to kick off here with Jen, if I may. Stronger, without a shadow of a doubt. We've strengthened where we needed to. Well, not quite exactly all where we needed to, because our defence is still all colours of fun. But we've now got youth, we've now got experience, we've got flair. It, it could be very, very exciting. We haven't got a ginger ninja, though, Jen. 
and, and that's a sore point. But but where would he fit in now that we've got Johnson? I can't see a place where he slot back. And saying that, I wouldn't turn it down at all. Would welcome him back with open arms, as I'm sure absolutely everybody would. But I have high hopes for Johnson. Yeah, and I think John- Johnson clearly has come in to, sen- to strengthen the centre of midfield. I think Travis will probably take on the Harrison Reid running around, tackling and doing a lot of chasing role this season. Big hopes mm-hmm. for Lewis this season, I have. Mr Delap, stronger or weaker and why? I mean, it's got to be viewed in a relative term and we, we can add two or three players to things and so can other teams and you, there's an argument there that everyone's treading the same water. I have had a look at the transfers that other teams have been doing and this year it looks like the championship they've almost been a lot of teams cutting quite a few costs and you know and relying on youth rather than splashing out big like they did last summer um i think rovers have done steady business and i don't i'm not convinced other teams have so although i'm not expecting anything dramatic we've we've definitely got stronger in relation to other teams business what is surprising to me is the number of clubs that um, haven't spent money or rather the rather small number of clubs that have spent money and we're one of them, of course. And the prospect of spending more, it seems, if you believe everything you read in the papers in the last 48 hours. But we shall see. I'm going to turn now to Millie. Are we stronger or weaker? And why? Oh, I think it's um, a bit of a tough one. <laughs> I feel we're very disproportionately attack-heavy, if that's even a thing. I feel like we've strengthened our attacking forces, both in the transfer window and clearly behind the scenes. Brereton looks a lot better, hopefully. Travis looking better game by game. Johnson looks like he'll take no prisoners. And Armour's just showing when he's on it, he's absolutely on fire. But I still feel quite concerned defensively. I went to the Blackpool game on Saturday. And if they had any kind of clinical finishing ability behind them, they would have easily put three or four past us. Right. So I think we can't kind of still find ourselves in a position where we were last season, where you feel like you need to score three or four goals to win a game. But I think we might be in more of a position to be able to get those three or four goals. It's the bit of the old Kevin Keegan scenario. If you score three, we'll score four then. So I'm looking forward to playing five strikers up front and one (laughs) one central defender. Yeah, so I guess time will tell. But needless to say, still as excited as ever. (laughs) Of course, it's a new season and why wouldn't you be? Cammy, stronger or weaker and why? Um, I think we're about the same as we were last year. Uh, We've sold Raya, which I was personally gutted about. Um, replaced him with an equally inexperienced goalkeeper, but who has some potential. Like Millie said, I think we've strengthened going forward, which is which is good to see. We've got some more options. Uh, I think Johnson will be a good signing. The defence absolutely worries me, but we've still got two or three days, and there's hope that we will get an experienced uh, commanding centre-back in, whether that's from here or abroad. You broke the story yesterday about well, you, you certainly broke it on our WhatsApp group uh, or these sorry the uh, the Twitter group about uh, pursuing the German centre back a second German centre back. Uh, where did the, where did that come from? If you can reveal your sources or hide them sufficiently, and how much credibility do you think that rumor has? Yeah, um, it was. We have a, a lot of the journalists have a WhatsApp group, and they were sort of sharing it on there that some sources at the club. Had, had said that we'd talked to his agent who was in Manchester over the weekend and um, Hanover, sort of uh, the club that we, we're talking to, they've made more realistic demands. I think we'd inquired about him at the start of the window and right. they wanted 12, 12 million plus because they right. thought there would be of interest. 
from the likes of Aston Villa and a few other clubs who've gone up. Um, that hasn't materialised, and I think that's where Mowbray's comments came in yesterday, where um, the the market's becoming more realistic now. Clubs right. were demanding twelve million at the start of the window, suddenly are now left with four or five days to to sell a player, or otherwise they'll be stuck with them for the next you know year, six months, and then value will go down. Yeah. So Hanover. Uh, have gone down. I think they've okay. been relegated last year. Their their demands are more realistic now, and the Rovers are seeing if they can do a deal. So the story uh, has he's, legs. It has legs. He's he's a good young player. Again, um, he's got a lot of potential. But obviously, he was in a team that got relegated last year. So you know, but he's very highly rated from from people I've talked to who watch a lot of German football. And what do you know about? I'm going to call him Tosin or Tosin. Is it Adarabio? Adarabio, yeah, again, I think Pep regards him quite highly. His comments have been very sort of complimentary. Some of the City fans who I know watch a lot of the academy football, uh, again, say he's very, very good on the ball. He's he's strong. He, he could. The problem is the championship is very, very physical league, so it's whether he can adapt to that. Um, I think the West Brom fans weren't too impressed with him, but right. you know, that, was, that was a club who'd had some issues off the field with the manager, etc. So you don't know what was going on yeah. in the back. Hopefully at Rovers, where the, the coaching structure is quite stable, uh, Tony's safe, You know, there's no pressure on him in terms of getting the sack. Hopefully coming into that environment will help him sort of push on. And you know, he's got potential, definitely. Well, I suppose you could argue that last season we had Paul Downing in the last year of his contract. So you could argue that was a 12-month loan. And we've replaced Paul Downing with a guy from City's Reserves on a 12-month loan. So as a like-for-like replacement, it'll be interesting to see if he's better. Michael, stronger or weaker? I think we're undeniably stronger, and I feel massively optimistic about it. One of the things that um, that I'm particularly not so much excited by, but I think is a positive, is Damian Johnson joining the... Um, first team coaching staff. Yes. Uh, yes. Had the pleasure of watching the under twenty threes in their friendly at Lancaster, and it wasn't any of the household names or any among any of them close to the first team squad, but they just seemed really well drilled. Like they knew how to win a game of football. They were they were bullied for the first fifteen minutes, and I thought there's really something about the character of this team. And there's a few of them I could see, you know, making the the Rovers first team squad next season in the way that we've already seen that. Again, I went to the pre-season at Rangers and, again, really impressed with the young players coming into the team. I thought in the second half we were a much better team than the, the old lags from last season. And, of course, the massive thing I'm more excited about in our squad than anything is the form of Travis. I think this could be his season. Yeah, me too. Me too. I've already, I've already jinxed him, I think, in in, uh, in my column on PRCS. So if, if he, his form falls off, it's all my fault. I'll take the blame now. Scott! Stronger or weaker, and why? I'm going to come at this from a different angle and say we're slightly weaker, but only because of Mowbray's loyalty to the old guard. Yeah. I think I think there's um, a quite long list of players like Bennett, Smallwood, Williams, Evans, Mulgrew, who, if we're realistic, they've got to slowly be moved on this season if we want to be pushing into the top half. Um, so it's a case of... Is Mo Ray going to do that? Maybe we've seen the first signs of it at the end of last season because Mulgrew didn't get back into the team. Um, Raya, of course, he decided wasn't good enough and he got rid of him. Um, but it's a tough one because you don't want that 
team bond to dissipate, but I think there's so many good young players coming through that we don't want to see what nearly happened to Lewis Travis in that he was nearly sent away on loan because yeah. he couldn't get in last season. Um, so I think we will see that, but I don't know. I, th- I also think we're going to see Elliot Bennett at right back on Saturday. Yeah, so well. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Who would you play up front on Saturday as a matter of interest? I'd stick Brayton in. Four. Yeah. Um, Graham, I'd put him straight up front. I think he out of the forwards or the forwards who you want to play in that central role he's been most informed pre-season yeah. and it's his time to prove it fresh start and I think he's going to get some goals I'm going to bring Jen in at this point because we had a Twitter um, exchange the other night about this very subject Jen who would you start up front on Saturday I'm Scott Brereton and Dan definitely uh yeah well, on the one do, side what would you do with Sam, Sam Gallagher Sam Gallagher I would bench him I'd give Brereton his time to shine and then it's who you bring on as a sub, depends on how the match is going, whether you bring Graham on or Gallagher on. It's, it's going to be, I think, um, to your point, Scott, I think it's going to be interesting to see whether he does um, ring the changes. Um, my sense of Mowbray is that he's, he's quite conservative. And, and like you said, I, th- I think we'll see Elliot Bennett and I think we'll see Graham and Dak. So if, he, if, the, if he, neither of those, neither of Bennett or Graham starts, then it suggests he's developed a ruthless streak from somewhere. But something to something to look forward to, I think. If that happens, I'm doing cartwheels down the side of the riverside. It's not happening. <laughs> right, we'll take a short break, and then we're going to come back with two quick fire rounds where we're going to consider who's going to score the goals and who's going to be Rovers Player of the Year come the end of the season. Okay, welcome back, everyone. We're going to have a couple of quick fire rounds now. The first one, we're going to try and predict how many goals Ben Brereton and Sam Gallagher will score. This is across all competitions, all season. So I'm making a note of this, and at the end, this all contributes to who's going to be our champion predictor of the year. And I'm going to start with Millie, if I may. So, Millie, Ben and Sam, how many are they going to score? So I'm going to go with Ben, eight, Sam, six. Ooh. Cammy. Ben, ten, Sam, eight. Mm, Ben's winning it at the moment. Scott? Ben, nine, Sam, nine. That's very equitable of you. Michael? Ben 5, Sam 10. We have a Gallico fan. Mr. Delap? Ben 9, Sam 11. Mm. And last but by no means least, Jen? Ben 10, Gallagher 15, unless they're always played on the wing. We're all predicting some goals there. That's quite interesting. Right, we'll store those away and we'll re- revisit those at the end of the season. Next quick fire round then. I just want to name. You don't have to provide the justification. At the end of this season, who will be Rovers Player of the Year? Michael? Dara Lenahan. Ooh. Cammy. Dara Lenahan. You've been copying each other's homework, haven't you? Mr. Delap. It's going to be your friend and mine, Lewis Travis. That's my choice. Scott. I can show my working because I've written it down. <laughs> Dara Lenahan. <laughs> oh, this is getting quite uh, spooky. Uh, Jen. I'm going to go left field. I'm going to go Johnson. Okay. I was expecting you to say Ben Broughton. You surprised me. Millie. Lewis Travis. So it's Daryl Linehan, Lewis Travis axis this season, it seems then. So again, we'll store those away and we'll come back. We'll take a little break now and then we're going to come back for the big prediction, where a Rover's going to finish and why.
Okay, welcome back everyone. This is the big prediction then. So, um, winner of the Predictor of the Year first time round was Mike Delap. Last year, Scott Sumner wrestled the trophy from him. This is the one that scores most of the points, so this is where you've really got to get your uh, get your act together. Where are Rovers going to finish this season and why? And to kick us off, coming in on a long run, it's Cammy. Uh, 11, um, much like last season, I think we'll have sequence of results where we win games on the bounce, but then go a number of games where we don't pick up wins or draws. Uh, team still a work in progress for me. Um, I don't think we're strong or, or experienced enough to get those consistent results that will get us into the top six. So I'm going for 11th. So even with the experience of Stuart Downing, Bradley Johnson, Danny Graham, Charlie Mulgrew? Yeah, those, but then you've, we're going to be relying on youngsters as well. So I don't, I, I don't think the balance is there yet. Yeah. Another maybe 12 months, and the younger players like Travis, Buckley, Rankin, Constello, Bereton, they'll all have bedded in, and maybe, ne- maybe next season. Okay, okay. But for now, mid table, mm-hmm. which I'm happy with, by the way. So, 11th will be an improvement on last season, of course. Millie, nail your colours to the mast. Where are we going to finish? I'm going with ninth. ninth. Not sure why, but why not? We look great going forward with plenty of different options. You know, should we get hit with an injury crisis or, you know, God forbid, anything like that. A bit more experience in there. And I think our attack is enough to rattle many defences. But like I've previously alluded to, I'd be intrigued to see how many goals and how leaky, leaky we are at the back again this season. That's the, that's the key question, isn't it? If you can tighten that defence up and if the keeper has the impact, we all hope those single goal defeats can turn into points easily and hopefully we don't have any embarrassing 4-1 away defeats at Preston yeah you can hope (laughs) (laughs) absolutely Mike Scott wrestled the crown off you here's your chance to win it back Uh, where are we going to finish and why um, that was a massive fix I'd just like to say but um, uh, where are we going to finish we're going to finish on 138 points having kept 46 clean sheets and we're going to finish first but um in all honesty, I can drag this out because I do have a few entries from other people that we may have heard of before. Uh, more from our friend Jen later as well on this one. Yes, I uh, understand. I've, I've, uh, I personally, actually, weirdly, and you won't believe me, uh, well, I think we're finishing 12th. The main reason I'm saying this is because I don't trust our fullback options at all. It's not that I don't like the first choice pairing of Bell or Nyambi, like other people may not. It's just if one or two of those falls down with injuries, we're heavily reliant on playing quite a few square pegs and some round holes. Uh, so I've gone with 12. In other business, uh, Rich Sharp. Hi, Rich. How's it going? Uh, has actually got us down. Is, uh, he's gone with ninth. Okay. Mr. Matt Janssen. Hi, Matt. How's it going? Uh, he's got us down as finishing in, in sixth position, which uh, I think we'd all be fairly pleased with. Okay. And... In a weird twist of fate, also that's ironically what uh, Mr. Paul Wheelock and Mr. Alan Myers have gone with as well. Uh, okay. They've both gone with six. And a final shout out to my father-in-law, who's got us finishing uh, in eighth as well. Ah, splendid. Some excellent optimism there then. Okay, we'll see how that pans out. Scott? So further to what I was saying before, I do think Mowbray is learning and becoming more ruthless and he's starting to build a really exciting young squad. So I do think we will improve last season's position. I think we started to head towards that kind of Bowery era of where we were mid-table and pushing even higher than that. Um, but maybe with the feeling that 
still something's missing, and that's probably defensively. Yep. So over, overall, I'd see us settling in 13th, which will be a good season, really. But who knows? So who not knows? top half? Not top half, no. Ooh, I don't think Venkis will buy that somehow, do you? Jen, uh, not yes. only, uh, I'm looking forward to your prediction, but I believe you too have been uh, trawling the uh, annals of um, Twitter to get some extra predictions. Share. Might have done. Um, mine first, which is the dull one. Um, Head says tenth, heart says eighth. No real proper reasoning. So are you going for that. ninth then, or? No, 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 no. I'm having two. <laughs> um, and then the celebrity robbers related predictions in from Mr. Chris Sutton has gone with tenth. Okay. Gillespie agrees with Janssen. And has gone for six, although he does say he's not sure whether it's his heart ruling his head on that one. Yeah. Conversation with Miss Mick Rathbone this afternoon, as you do, um, said that we've got a lot of good younger players coming through, a really good manager, so I think they'll be in and around the playoffs, certainly top ten, he's plumped for eighth. And the piece de resistance for me is I got a message that made me spin around in my office chair with my Chris hands Brown. in my air this Brown, morning. It? It's not Chris Brown. Oh. It's it's the one and only proper U.R. Gallagher. It's Mr. Kevin Gallagher, uh-huh. who reckons will be just outside the playoffs, but then said six to ten. And if we're in six, they're not just outside the playoffs, no, but we're in. <laughs> but six to ten for Gally. Okay, excellent. Well, well done for collecting those. Uh, again, we can we can keep those uh, on record, and then we'll revisit at the end of the season. Splendid, Michael. Yeah, I I think I said last season we'd finished eighth, which was more optimistic, and. I'm going to stick with that. I think um, I think the playoffs is just a little bit beyond us, but um, I think the young players coming through, I think the um, the influence of Damian Johnson and some decent um, transfer business. I think yeah, good squad. I'm going to stick with eight. Yeah, I think that's that's a reasonable one. So I put the poll out on Twitter yesterday just to see what to, using the wisdom of the crowd's principle to see what people said, and the results came in and. Outside the playoffs, but top half, so I suppose that's Kevin Gallagher territory, 64%. Uh, in the playoffs, or higher, 24%. Safe, but bottom half, 10%. Nervously checking the table, just 2%. So I think the vast majority of people, as you'd expect, are saying that we're going to be in the top half of the table, maybe in the conversation for the playoffs, but just not quite getting there. But if, interestingly, if you add the playoffs and the uh, top half, that's 88% of people who responded to the poll thinking that we're going to be certainly better off than last season and maybe even challenging for those playoffs. So I think that's tremendous in terms of optimism, but to the point we made earlier, and perhaps the point that Mike made earlier, that does add some pressure onto Tony Mowbray's shoulders to deliver. So we shall see. Now, that's the panel that you've heard. We've also got some pre-recorded clips of various people who want to make their predictions. So let's hear from them now. First of all, Josh Boswell. Rovers will finish 12th after flirting with the playoffs around January. Here's Stuart Grimshaw with his prediction. I think most people are going to say Rovers are going to come somewhere around, you know, mid-table, 13th to 10th. So I'm going to book that trend and I'm going to go for single figures and say eighth. I'm going to say the same as I said last season and say 12th. Now I know that our aspirations are probably a little bit higher this season. Um, I think last season just 
staying in the division would have been a success, um, which obviously we did do that. And you know, I think there's talk of maybe a potential push this year by some fans, um, not all of them. I'd say I'm one of them. I'd like to think we could have a go at it, but if I'm realistic with myself, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I'll say 12th position, hopefully though, um, we finish a, a little bit higher. For a change, I'm going to be optimistic and say 8th. Apart from the defence, I think midfield and attack will be stronger than last season, and if we do get another couple of defence signings, I'm optimistic about where we finish. I think at times we will flirt with the top six and raise playoff hopes, but in true Rovers fashion, we will not quite make it. But if we get some good entertainment along the way, I'll be happy. I think my answer is twofold based on my heart and based on my head. So my head says that it's been a really positive transfer window, but equally we've perhaps not strengthened in the areas that I would have liked. My heart says I've just had the best pre-season, been lucky enough to go to Barrow and Mansfield and Bury and Blackpool and just thought we've been brilliant and just really enjoyed it, played some good football, been excited, been so impressed with the youngsters. So my head is saying I'd bite your hand off for a top 10 finish. My heart is saying it's the start of the new season and it's what we wait all summer for and I'm going to be brave and bold and say we're going to make the playoffs and finish sixth. I think Rovers are going to finish ninth this year. We'll have a bit of a flirt with the playoffs again. I think we'll do a bit better than we did last year in that, in that sense. But yeah, I think I don't think we've just got what it takes yet. I think maybe another season in the Championship and I think ninth is where we'll finish. I'd like to think that we can improve on last season um, and I think that should always be the aim well, I think we're I think we're going to struggle this season. Really, we've had some key personnel changes, and some strong teams are coming into the championship this season. Um, so I think I'd be happy really with anything that's outside the relegation zone. Um, but if I'm going to stay positive, and I'm going to say we're going to improve on last season, and I'm going to say thirteenth. But what about Alex, the social media influencer? Let's hear from him. Uh, and where do I think Rovers will finish? Well. I think we can, you know, it's top four that get into Europe, isn't it? I think we can finish uh, about there, uh, you know, because, you know, you know, we've got some amazing players, you know, the the Blackburn boys. Uh, you know, we've got David Ray in there. I've been told he's really good. Uh, Harry Reid, the Ninja Ginger, you know, uh, he, I think they can be a really, really good match, you know, for the season. And, uh, I, you know, I personally think we can do really well and get into Europe, you know, it's because... Those are the rules of football, aren't they? We all know that football, we all love it. You know, I'm really, really looking forward to it. What do you mean about David Ray? So we're at Lancaster City watching Rovers, Rovers under-23s versus Lancaster City. Pick him up! And we've managed to bump into Tony Mowbray. So, Tony, where do you think, we'll, uh, where do you think Rovers will finish this season? Well, you know, last season we, we showed a lot of energy, a lot of work rate... But ultimately, on so many occasions, bring him up! We were frustrated. And I can see that happening again. Go on, lad, you're through. Take him on. Yes. Oh, you great Muppet. I tell you what, none of these will get in team. And if they do, we'll be lucky to finish 24th. Uh, All right. Sorry about that, lad. What was that? Uh, okay, right. On to, on to the next question, uh, Tony. Where, 
who do you think the first manager should be sacked? Look, it's not nice being a manager yourself, being you know having to comment on these things. But who do you think it'll be? No, I think you're right, lad. It's it's not really to speculate about other managers and their careers, their families, the effect it has on them. But I hate Paul Cook, and I hope he gets sacked. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Thanks, Tony. Uh, best luck for the rest of the well, season. Lads. Okay, welcome back everyone then. What we're going to do now is just quickly go around the panel, see if they've got any other business or any wildcard predictions that they want to throw into the equation. We have a pre-record wildcard prediction, and I'm going to let you listen to that now, and then we'll come back to the panel. Wildcard predictions. I think Mikey Dillock's prediction will be the furthest away from Rovers' actual finish. I also predict Bradley Dack is not a Blackburn Rovers player on February the 1st. And Tony Mowbray is not Blackburn Rovers manager by the end of the season. So there you go. That was quite interesting, wasn't it? Um, Mike, what's your AOB? My AOB, and we've had a little brief discussion about this offline, just to let you in on the behind-the-scenes stuff here at the BRFCS podcast, is about uh, sort of staff and team haircuts. Um, Other people are going to jump in here, but my first subject is Mr. Bradley Dack, who somehow has evaded this whole podcast in terms of discussion, given he's such a talented player. Uh, My main gripe with him is that he's decided to put his hair into a man bun, as we're now calling it. Um, Bradley, I I love you very much, but this is not acceptable. The man bun, however, has to go, uh, and I'm going to let you queue up. Mr. Michael Taylor, who will fill you in with the next topic of discussion. The hearse, the hearse suit, any other business? Not quite what I'd anticipated. Michael? Right, I'm not going to let this one pass. The away kit is absolutely an abomination. <laughs> no link to tradition, no purpose or story behind it. And I tremble at the thought of what was said in the meetings that created this atrocity. <laughs> Did someone once say of a kit, it will look good with jeans? Yes. Well, this doesn't even look good with jeans. And I was at the pre-season friendly at Lancaster, and there were even different shades, depending on whether the players are wearing those undershirts or not. So the sweat actually makes it even greyer and even worse. So my prediction is, as a wild card, I don't believe that this kit's going to last the season. I think... um, I think we'll end up having to have a, a third kit anyway because we won't be able to wear it against Fulham, Derby, Leeds, Preston. So what's the point of that ridiculous kit? I, I, I must admit, I, I did think that this was all part of a cunning plan, but I don't know whether Rovers are, that, are quite that switched on commercially yet as to whether we're going to launch something uh, radically different as they have to appeal to, shall we say, the younger fans. And then when everybody like us moans about it, then they come out with a red and black half kit and everybody who's bought the grey one goes, oh, but the red and black halves, that's the best away kit ever, and goes out and buys a third shirt, you see. So that, that's my cunning thought as to whether they do that or whether they just wear the orange training shirts in the case of a clash. Jen, you have an AOB. Yes. I reckon Armstrong's beard is going to enable magical and mythical speed-relating powers because he's got quicker in pre-season and I think that's down to the beard because I think this level of logic... Splendid. What about his goal at Blackpool? Talk us through that. Can't remember it. Next question. <laughs> Any particular reason why you can't remember it by any chance? Memory's shockingly bobbins. Yeah, nothing to do with alcohol then. Nothing at all. 
Splendid. There we have it. They're in the can, and we will revisit in May to see who follows Mike D and Scott in our prediction roll of honour. It just remains for me to thank our panellists tonight, plus the online contributions we receive from Bill, Holly, Josh, Linz, Louis, Tom, and of course, Grumpy Riversider, and introducing Alex the Social Media Influencer. Massive thanks to Tony Mowbray for sparing time to chat with us at Lancaster City, and once again, massive thanks to the boys in the Symmetry Band for our theme music. Thanks to you also, of course, for listening. Roll on Saturday, and come on you blues. to managers being fired you can never look much further than uh, Forest or Leeds but I think for my pick I'm going to go with uh, Gary Cahill at Fulham Did he just say Gary Cahill at Fulham? Yeah what's going on with Smallwood haircut? I I almost want to say it might Possibly be Scott Parker at Fulham. We're ultimately on so many occasions. Prick him up! We were frustrated.